Hey, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Villalucci Podcast. Honest, uncensored, and unedited discussions about life and everything in it. So sit back, relax, and let's start the show. No, you have a TV presenter. I'm waiting for the queue. Oh, oh God, that's really got the pressure on <laughs> Have we got the queue? We are live. We normally would have started on the egg whites. We would have, yeah. would have been I the start of the song. Which Hello, is, everyone. Oh, my God. That could be for the show. I could actually do like extra little bonuses, like what? little facts. Like, don't use a, 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 a cappuccino spinner to do egg whites. There. Hello, everyone. It's Hi. really interesting. We can continue the show yeah. about the egg whites. So are the f- things I find interesting, people don't think, because that's a useful no. thing to know. Oh, yeah, like the whispering. Yeah, ASMR. So Let's nice. leave it now because you'll go okay. on a rant. That's interesting yeah. to yeah. me. I'd I sooner watch a, a YouTube video with facts, like yeah. the one I said, yeah, rather than somebody whispering. What does MSNR stand for? ASMR, audio sound. Yeah, I think it's auto sensory meridian response. It's something like that. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Nagin. Hello. <laughs> hey. How do you pronounce Hello, your surname? Okay, go. that's a trick. And then. Unless you're into another secret as well. But let's start with a surname. It's Negin Shiragai. Shiragai. Oh, that's lovely. And then there's another part to it, which I skip it. (laughs) Yes, that's not a middle name. It's like the whole family is Shiragai Kutenai. So I had to come, when I came to this country, I was like, okay, um, (laughs) I have to make a decision, change it. And then I use the first part. Um, And even in Iran, like people, it's not, Easy thing to pronounce usually, yeah. but then people got used to it, and then now it's like Negin Shiragai, and it's like normal. But then it's been an incident. Um, me and three of my crazy Iranian friends, we went to Portugal, and then like at some point we were missing a flight, and the guy was like announcing our names, and then he got to my name, and <laughs> oh, he just no. like I'm not gonna no. pronounce that. <laughs> just like, skipped it. Just so. the initial. So did the yeah. two friends so and their friend. Yeah, exactly. So just be happy. It's called me Negin, and then I think that works. Negin. Karem right. is your your surname? Is it Karem? Is our producer. Karem. He's, he's too busy. Is your um, He's listening to another podcast. Trying to pass the time as quickly <laughs> yeah. as possible. You guys your, are boring. Your surname is it? Ishik. That's your full Ishik. name, though. That's Turkish, yeah. and means like lover. How did I not know that? That's Ashik. Ah, that's Ashik. Okay. Light. Light. Okay. So, Ashik. how did you know that? Um, we are neighbors, neighbor countries. Oh, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do Turkey and Iran share a border? Yeah. Is it yeah, just? Yeah. Is it cultural? It's border. only a little bit, is it? Presumably. No, it's it's big, and there is a lot of relation between. Like, I visit my family because I cannot go back to Iran. I visit my family in Istanbul. So I just came back from six weeks in Istanbul. So you can't go back there? No, I don't think things were that bad. So you're BBC, what did we say? BBC BBC journalist. Persian. Yes. Journalist. Yes. Now you've had problems with. So what happened was like BBC decided, like BBC had, Persian service for more than 70 years. 7-0? Seven 7-0. Zero. Seven oh, zero. So they started the radio during the World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then in 2009, BBC decided we're going to have, on top of websites and uh, radio, we're going to have a television. So they recruit journalists from Iran. And then we came to London. Part of us came from Iran to do the job, part from like America, different countries. And then the 2009 presidential election happened. Uh, so we were live, we were like young uh, journalists, like without any like background uh, in television, because in Iran, television is monopolized by the government. 
So we were so eager to make justice to our audience. So we were like 24-7 doing rolling news. It was a really fascinating time because BBC became the first and the only source of news yeah, about what's happening yeah. in a country. And that was the time that UGC, you know, user-generated um, videos came to us. Well, and then, yeah. like, we had to put in place for the first time, like, in the history of BBC, how to deal with Keep this sort of... Um, it's not the BBC, so the equipment's a bit cheaper. It's not the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. Um, yeah, let's not get into that conversation. Okay. Um, so they had to kind of come up uh, with a solution of like how to um, verify this kind of material. So yeah. like our social, uh, the whole social media um, generation that now exists, it has started... A lot of it, like we practiced it in 2009 because of that. And then the Iranian government didn't like it. So they started putting pressure on our families. And so my dad was going through cancer at the time. Mm. Uh, and he was like a stage four cancer. It was like a really intensive chemotherapy. And they called him and said, you're so sick. You cannot go back. Uh, like you, there's no chance. You don't know if you live in long enough to see your daughter. So tell her to come back. Oh and work with us. Okay. So it's like it's that is. That's how low yeah. that is. Oh, exactly. But it's just for them, it was like making sure, because for four decades, they managed to close the country, not allowing anyone yeah, to yeah, yeah. get the news from outside. And this was like the turning point for them, that they mm. realized. And people, uh, like I heard a lot afterwards from people uh, who were in Iran at the time saying like, for the first time, we were like seeing other people are thinking like us because we could see the result, like we could see other people yeah, on the yeah, street. Yeah. So that was the big, I think, um, like a, a take into their heart, like they, they got them angry. And then they, because BBC is trying to be balanced and impartial, I, I'm not getting into like yeah. how much we yeah. are. There's always yeah, mistakes, yeah. but that made a lot of people inside the government, uh, like audience of BBC. So after a while, I had a friend like whose dad is like really high in in the you, you know, the government uh, guardian revolution guardian guards, and he was saying like my dad whenever he wants to leak something like hmm. he said, oh I've heard it on BBC. Right, so yeah, it's yeah, like I became see. that okay. thing that even them like talking to each other we would use it. So yeah. it it became dangerous. And you as a face as a journalist who are reporting on that sort of stuff, you became the enemy of the state. Yeah. So it took like seven years, step by step. They approached people. They tried to change their mind. And they arrested a couple of people who went back to Iran and then only one of them managed to come back and the other one went stayed in Iran. Two, three of them stayed in Iran. Um, so it became this hostile environment. And then at, at last year, 2018, in September, they put a blanket ban on all, freeze on all our, our assets on 152 BBC Persian journalists. Wow. To just say, yeah, anything, any of your assets are... Just gone now? Just or under frozen. freeze, uh, frozen. So we don't know what's going to happen. Like It's like one of those things that they can use the justice system in a way that you can always be under yeah. this blanket. Yeah, yeah. So there's no need to take yeah. you to trial. There's no need to... Yeah. So that, that was... A, in, they were trying to keep, create an incentive for people to say, okay, if I leave BBC, my asset going to become unfroze. Right. Okay. So, so journalism in Iran, if you're in Iran now, what's that happening there? So 
it's, you, it's um, not free. There's no free speech. There is no free speech as as. But I mean, how in, we were talking about normal and abnormality. Yeah. It's yeah. not normal. <laughs> I can say it yeah, that yeah. way. Um, so there are so many things that you can get arrested for. Right. So I have, I know a lot of journalists right now in prison mm. because they were like reporting on corruption, like financial corruption right. of right. one okay. sector or yeah. company yeah. or here or like a lot of like in general, like, there, there, there was someone got like. 11 years prison imprisonment right now, like the other day, because overall 30, 11 years, he has to go to prison because he was a, he was a caricaturist and he was like a comic. Uh, and then talking about problems in a funny way and that sort of stuff. And then not even like, there is this self-censorship in Iran that you, you know, right, where is yeah, the, yeah, where is the, cr you shouldn't yeah, yeah. cross. It, the toleration is becoming less and less. Really? Okay. And so it's just everything, basically. It's you don't know what there's no, it's everything's a grey area. Yeah. Yeah. Because That's there's crazy. a lot of economic problems yeah, and everything. Yeah, so the government wants into, to, yeah. you know, hold the grasp on, on people. So excited. When did you first get involved in journalism? When did that start? Like you left school and then something was. Yeah, I did left the school. I did, I did university. I didn't finish my university because of like what happened. Oh. But it was political right. <laughs> related. So when I was. Um, choosing my university degree, my parents were like, okay, you can do this, um, like go to, you're not going to go to uh, human, human studies because the, the only thing was uh, becoming a lawyer and then it was so much. And then I didn't want to become a doctor. So the, the third option for me was like going through mathematics. And even like, so I wanted to study mathematics at university and first of all, architecture, and then second, mathematics. And then I went to choose universities, and my parents were like, you're not going to Tehran University because it's politically active. You're not going to Polytechnic University because it's politically active. So this, this, my first choice was Shahid Beheshti, Meli University, which is like the head of the university for years was the, the brother-in-law of the supreme leader. So it's like nothing happens. Right, yeah. Everything is just quiet. Yeah. Um, and then one uh, month in Ramadan, which is like the holy month, everyone yeah. was fasting. Um, some of my um, students from the physics department, he was uh, smoking a cigarette in like behind a school, like somewhere hidden. Uh, and then one teacher who is the brother-in-law of the supreme leader saw him and beat him up. He came down from because his... Because he was smoking. smoking because he was during smoking during Ramadan. Oh, oh I didn't realize smoking And his was, nose yeah. got broken. And I was like, how can you yeah. guys stay quiet? So I started doing demonstration. My flat became this kind of like get together, writing slogans. Over the broken and nose. Then, yeah. Well, the violent attack. No, it was yeah, a violent yeah, attack. Yeah. And it, it was, he wasn't doing it in public. So there's even in Islamic law, there's no grant for yeah. that sort of but thing. But you know you're, you're, you can't win if this thing is going to end bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I did a lot of mistakes back, yeah. back then. Like, so for for because a lot of people were scared, we right. said, okay, we're not gonna shout, we're not gonna do any slogans, yeah. we're gonna do a silence demonstration. Yeah, that always yeah. works. Yeah. And always works, but then you need someone to talk, and that right. someone was me. Oh. So, 
I got to trouble and then I, after a while I mean, I was it, just... it seems like you really went you know if you're going to take on someone you t- so it was the brother-in-law of the <laughs> yeah, I- it's not of a yes yes I think yeah. I think I was so naive and like brave which yeah. I don't know where it came from but like I thought if I want you know to do not something... even some low down <laughs> no. minister yeah. Yeah. you know they're boring of, come yeah. on yeah true I needed true. some adrenaline rush yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think that's why I became a news yeah, presenter yeah. as well like yeah adrenaline rush um, but then then like that made led me to journalism and then I decided, Hang on, but what happened did anything so you you just did, did so you do your protest we did the protest how many people um 60 70 oh, people, people sitting on sitting yeah. down in the middle mm, and they yard left you alone them. and it ended no problems no we, they let us they they came they they were watching us and they were like having this like walkie talkies and talking mm, to each yeah. other but they were crowning at us and that sort of thing but then we were like it's like an hour sit uh, sitting yeah. and we're gonna clear it out but later i saw the problem ah. so like my uh <laughs> the head of the security picked me up from the street in front of my house because like I was taking a cab every day, like wanted to come to yeah. school from somewhere and I didn't know him. Yeah. And I got to the car and he said, like at the end, uh, he, he said like, I'm going that way. And I was like, which way? How do you know? And then we, we went and I said like, I, I get off here. And he said, no, Tajrish, I'm going to the university. Don't worry. And I got there and he said nothing. It was like one of his techniques yeah, to intimidate that. you. So I got to the front of university and got out and he's, I paid him. And he said, no, Miss Shiragai, we're fine. And I was like, we're fine? And then I looked at him. That was the first time I saw his face because he was right, in yeah, front okay. seat yeah, and yeah. I was in the back. I was like, I know you. And then yeah. he drove off. And I was like, wow, what happened to me? And then that. It started with, like, he came to the door of the university. He got my card, uh, a student card, confiscated it. Didn't give it back to me later. And then, like... Just a little... So he would have uh, been, what, someone from the secret police? Or no, something? it's like every university have a... Uh, I don't know how to translate it. Like, there's so many different um, moral systems that oh, happens okay. in the yeah, okay. universities. So he, was, he wasn't the head of Passage, which is the militia group. He was the head of um, um, students' moral... Yeah, so again, oh, yeah, the, the, like almost the moral he had police, like, yeah. yeah, and he had like the executive power. Right. Yeah. They are the ones who can put you out of university or allow you okay, to. And that's right. in the university, this, this role. But then the thing is, is like it became so like a normal thingy. Like right, he, yeah, yeah, they cool. drag it so long that there's yeah. so, no ground for going back and say, what is the reason behind it? That, yeah. th- and that, that is what they do to a lot of students. So they just gradually dismiss them. They, yeah. Or at some point they get even really good marks in, in, in exams um, to go to like for master degree or PhD and they don't just through the ex- choosing system. Yeah. So there's a lot of these parallel systems. Yeah. That are making sure that so back to the, the actual through. teaching systems in the universities are they all sort of geared one way? No, <laughs> they're quite free. Free, so you learn. So they're, they're like politically. They're not what updated. would you be learning? Oh yeah, nothing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> because if you say that to Iranians, like we would be like, no, we are learning and we ha- we produce a lot yeah. of good students yeah, yeah. for for yeah. foreign universities and a but lot just of anything to do with that thing you've got to go overseas for. 
uh, with politics, yes. Yeah. With learning the modern politics, yes. Right, okay, I see. So historical politics, what do you learn? What would you learn? It's all from one point of view. Right, it's just... Right. <laughs> okay. I, had to do, I had to pass like this course about like the historic war on Islam. And I was studying pure mathematics. Right. Come on, like yeah, yeah, why yeah. should I yeah. go through that or like learning Quranic verses for that? Yeah. It's, Quran it's verses Quran. for the mathematics because you must bang. <laughs> well, yeah, I suppose it's so. It's it's really whatever you're doing. It's just the toe the toe the party line. Just keep your head were. down. Don't get involved. Um, in it's different things. from China or North Korea. So it's like yeah. Iranians. They fought a lot during you know these years. They've been pushing the boundaries every time they could, but it became this um, disfigured society yeah. with a culture that doesn't fit together because from the childhood you learn to lie like the first thing oh, they tell right. you when you yeah. get to a school is like oh yeah you know we listen to uh, because i grew up in like 80s i was born in 81 so during that time it was the m most horrible violent part of the state okay. um State Which was the revolution? Was that 79? 79. Yeah. So 80, during the 80 day, there were a lot of exec mass executions in the um, um, prisons. And like the, my brother got caught at, on the street because he was wearing short sleeves and he came back home with painted hand. Oh, Jesus. So he was 15 years old. So I grew up in that right. era and I... But now I see women are fighting for their right to wear, not wearing hijab. They're fighting for their right. And it happens on everyday basis. Right. Like you fight every day yeah, for everything. Every day, but the then back then, like even now, it's still the same, but less. Back then, they would, like my the first day at the school, like my parents came to me and said, okay, there are a lot of things we do at home that are fine. And we talk about a lot of things. They're fine. Mm. You go to a school, you don't talk about this to other people. You don't right. say, yeah. you say you pray, you say you, your, if they ask you if your parents are praying, you say yes. Yeah. If they're watching um, foreign movies, you say no. If they're listening to music, <laughs> you say no. So they teach you to Just, lie. Yeah, you yeah. And then they created this society that yeah. is corrupted right now. It's massively corrupted. I'm yeah. not sure what is the latest index, but it's the, but the sanctions didn't help either. But it it is in the roots of that society yeah. they created that lying is is good. So could it almost all be that you know if everyone in Iran all got together and went all on mass, it's all bullshit. We're all listening to the killers yeah. or whoever. That they tried the the first to person. do that, but then yeah. it didn't. Doesn't work. Uh, yeah, the, the, it was brutally suppressed, like the, in 2009. But there are, yeah, I was going to say, there, that was when there was quite a lot of protesting in the street, yeah. wasn't there? And it seemed like, oh, maybe this could be one of those. Was it around Tahir Square? What year was that? No, that's... It seven, was after, yeah. after 2000, after the Iranian Green Movement. Oh, that was after? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, you've got, I remember watching a documentary about Tahir Square and just seeing like young people in front being run over by armored vehicles and and you think i was I remember watching it and thinking we've got nothing to complain about man like nothing to complain about. like that's what they're fighting it's forget the iphone and the itunes and facebook and all that they're literally being run over by armored vehicles en masse yeah i mean how so so because even when there is a protest how is that even reported on or is it is it not social media is, is that yeah, it's it? now it social media on? yeah but yeah the government doesn't 
important yeah, on that. Yeah. So um, it's not so it's not even a case of there were troublemakers and we put it uh, down. At some point they started because it was so massive they couldn't hide yeah, it. Yeah. But if it's a small and they can say it doesn't exist, they say it doesn't exist. That's crazy. I remember I, mean, the, I can't remember which what, where it was. Um oh, might have been the China. It was BBC report and she they they um heard that the uh, soldiers were after them because they knew they were there. Uh, what, at Tiananmen? Or yeah, I think it was, and it was, yeah, it must have been, yeah, because it was a long time ago. Um, and she's saying when they had the copies of the stuff that was going on, and they said so they were reporting it back to the BBC, that was the only way it was yeah, getting yeah. out, and they had to sneak all the videos up, but they had to make 10 copies of the video, and one of them had to go that way, and she said, I literally had one up my top, and I was climbing over a wall rather than go through the hotel reception to get my stuff to leave. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the only way the message was getting out that was through, like, the BBC. Because mm. how does how does anything get in or out of Iran? As it, I mean, I don't mean yeah, my source's name, <laughs> yeah. but you know, like just in general. No, it's even... like um, a lot of people have access to. So the government bans like Twitter, satellites, so. Twitter. Uh, like if they confiscate a satellite dish in your house, you might be, um, you know, fined or like have to do something or anyway um but then people always find their face yeah, of course. yeah, right, yeah. so yeah. even like everyone is using vpns yeah. in iran what's vpn so it's a virtual private network so it's basically your own personal wi-fi that sort work? of thing i don't know i don't it's know hacking, hacking. Hacking. i cannot give you the no it's <laughs> oh, yeah. like a platform that they created yeah. and it's oh. like good for anonymity so even like as a daily user of internet it's oh, I know good what you're to talking use. about right yeah yeah. yeah yeah but then it doesn't um Reveal your IP address. Yeah. So that's the biggest thing. And like then the they can get, go around the banning. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, because it was like when I was in China, you couldn't um, get on things like Facebook, Instagram, or whatever. When were Wi-Fi you in China? Last About a year ago. Oh. Uh, just on holiday. Oh, okay. um, but you couldn't get on, on Wi Fi. But you could if you turn, oh, put on your mobile data. And just... Ah, mobile data would work. But yeah, then you'd probably get in trouble for that if that was caught. Well, um, was that a fine or no, was that just... Like... Not as a tourist. Depends what you're doing. I mean, if you're posting saying, here's some <laughs> secret footage of blah, 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 they would just check what you were doing. But if you're just, here's me on the Great Wall yeah. going with my mum, then they're probably not going to worry about that. I, I, uh, I listened to a BBC, um, oh, it might be on the World Service actually, and it was about um, the uh, these uh, medical people that went to... North Korea, and this was the, the early 90s, and so the guy was just reporting on what he'd seen, and he said um, they were they were supposed to be students when they were there, but they were actually doctors who worked in the yeah. medical profession, and he said when we'd been around the surgeries and all that, he said they were using equipment from the 50s. Like, they was just, they got nothing, mm. like, from the 50s, yeah. mate. <laughs> but Iran, I mean, Iran is a modern... Yeah. yeah. Aside from attitudes, it's not a... It's a modern... Function. My favourite restaurant. Yes. <laughs> it's a bit low to take it okay, down. To on, My favourite restaurant, which is closed, it closed, and yeah. nobody used to go in there. And it was a That's Persian restaurant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I used to keep it up open, right? But it did the best rice. I still to this day because I've never been. I don't yeah. know what it was. It was rice with sort of. It's like I don't know yellow something yellow sprinkled on it. It's it, saffron. Oh, that brings a bell. Yeah. Yes. And uh, it was a Persian. And uh, what was the name of it? Polo. Is polo rice? Polo, yeah. Polo's rice, yeah. I don't know why I took it there because I've just completely derailed yeah, to say have, yeah. I've never told anyone. No, but, but I have to. But I have oh, to admit, food. Iranian rice is really good because they cook it in a different way, oh, and see, they have yeah. this fantastic thing called burnt 
rice. Burnt and rice. <laughs> yes. No, but we can, you can call it yeah. crispy rice. Okay. Um, so it's basically crispy crispi- crispizing, like the, the bottom of the, yeah. Oh, of yeah. the pan. So I've been into in Jordan and I was like hanging out with Jordanian friends yeah. and I was like, I cooked for them and this, and there was a, we throw away this, like you, oh, you, right. you killed the rice. <laughs> yeah. and I was like, no, That's no, this bit. is the best part of it. Don't do oh, that. Yes, a polo means well, but it's annoying me because it's fantastic and it was 10 feet from my house. It did the best meat. You'd go in, uh, this sounds low, take, but it's just, it was so great. They used to get a big plate of meat and it's always an old woman who I thought must yeah. be family members or something because she didn't speak any English. So I used to give the number and you come up with this big load of meat that would last me a week and the rice was fantastic. And I always just say, why is this yellow? Is it butter or something? Because you didn't speak English. I could never find out what it was. So I just found yeah, out. It's very right. trusting of you though to eat something you, don't, <laughs> you couldn't identify what it was all uh, that time. No, I like it. I like weird stuff like that. Fair like enough. the more weird it is. Like I had right across the road, funny enough, the first time I had, I had frog's legs, which yeah. I'm against, but I thought why it's so against, odd. Why are you against frog's legs? I don't know, it just feels it's too human. They're not too human. It's like it's too, you've got to hide it in something. Put the meat in there. Don't call it frog's legs. And mm. it's expensive. It's like four quid for three little legs. And then the worst thing Everything is. Everything you eat had a face. It came out. All that and meat it looked on the like plate a frog's a leg with a quadricep and a calf on it. And I thought, you've got to hide that, mate. You can't eat them yeah. like that. It was nice. Fair enough. So what? Back to the revolution. Well, no, I was thinking back. So why is um, it's interesting that the the service is called BBC Persian mm. rather than say BBC Iran? Now, why is that? So we we are not covering only Iran. Yeah. We are oh, covering yeah. Afghanistan and Tajikistan as well. So it's like a Persian language oh, service. Right, yeah. So what is that? Is that Farsi? Farsi? Is that Farsi? Farsi? Yeah. yeah. So Farsi is usually oh, Farsi? referred to. Yes, <laughs> Farsi. Queen was Parsi, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Queen was Parsi. Um, uh, so, uh, what I was saying? Come sorry on, about, guys. Sorry yeah. about that. That was like, I'm thinking <laughs> oh, about Freddie Mercury now. Like, Persian <laughs> culture. Yeah. Um, so, okay. it's just the area, that, but Persia. So. Yeah, so Farsi is the language, a sp- Persian language with Iranian dialect. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Tajik and we have Dari, which is um, the Afghans speak that dialect. Mm. Persian is all of these languages. Yeah. Okay. So, but there's al- always a controversy about all of these namings and right, you know, of course, branding. And so it was the was it the sort of it's the compromise name that everyone's kind of oh, to... no, we 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 call a Persian. Okay, so the thing is, like Farsi and Iran, there's another history to it that my historian friend's gonna kill me now. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like the um um the, when when the previous Shah of Iran, not his dad actually. Um, wanted to modernize Iran the same time as Atatürk wanted to do the same in, in Turkey, he decided, okay, Iran would be a name that's like, the before that, everyone would call us Persians yeah, because oh, yeah. like we were Persians. He decided, okay, this is a name that, name that unified the whole country, so we're going to call it in all the documents and stuff, oh, okay. Iran. So he, he changed it and it changed since then. But some people, because of what Iran stands for after revolution, Prefer to call it Persia and Persian. Okay. If you, when, when was the last first time you left the country? Uh, last time I left the, the country. The first time. The first yeah. time. Oh, first time I went to Dubai for a for a conference, which was in I must have been twenty three. So this is a, four, as a journalist. Four, yeah. Oh, okay. Later. It was like I must have been twenty. 
So how did you go from sort of being a, um, a student, student protester yeah. to a journalist? Was that immediate so, switch or? I had journalist friends. So my sister, who's 12 years older than me, she was always my role model. And mm. she, she, she she's done a lot in her life, like from sex education to like journalism. So at the time, like a couple of years before that, she had started doing a journalistic course. And then um, I knew her friends. She never went to, you know, work as a journalist, but then I knew her friends and through them, I was like, went to this news agency called Iranian Student News Agency. So as a student, you could go there and do freelance for free. And then I went there and I said like, oh, we like you, come, come on board. And then, sorry, I'm just making a lot of noises. BBC <laughs> but right. tables are yeah, much no, better, yeah, you know. Yeah, we don't have wooden floors and glass oh. tables. <laughs> We have to float in this room. Too. Yes, it's just like holding. Um, so then after that, I became a journalist and then just continued. Did you um, want to specialise early days in any specific I was, journalism? I was a specialised. Oh. Because my parents, again, came to me and said, like, come on, you're not going to cover politics. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> They're like, do film reviews. So I feel like, I feel for them now. Like, yeah. you know. You are just a real 12, bit 20 yeah. years later, I'm just like... Yeah. Against all of the things they said. Anyway, um, so I started focusing on tourism in Iran, which back in the days, they were like, they would think all the tourists, and still some of them, they think that the tourists are spies sent right. by the government yeah. of different countries to yeah. spy on you. So to change that mindset, it took a lot of time and long conversations, but then it became, it grew, it grew. So like during now from the, like a small office in the culture ministry now it's the ministry itself so within the 20 years two decades i hope not right now but then like i'm i'm i can say that like up to five years ago you could see tourism flourishing in iran and yeah. like changing but not now and is it, is it safe for tourists to go over there I mean, completely. I mean, I don't know what to say. I suppose, yeah. Like it's like, well, yeah, you haven't been yeah. so random that, like, right. you never know what to say. Yeah, what I was, mean, because we, we um, my father and I came back from Krakow and we bumped into. We were just, I think, so I think if you hear someone talking your same language, and it but was just recently, Ara yeah, and it was just coming back. Actually, it was an Iranian lady, and she was saying, "Oh, you should come to an Ara Iran." Sometime. It's beautiful. Well, that's people we, are amazing. But yeah. we just thought if things go, because obviously things are. They fluctuate, but at the moment, I would say broadly things are very tense between the UK, yeah, the, the government. I don't have anything against the yeah, Iranian, yeah, yeah. but I don't give a shit. But you know, the, between the governments, so you think, oh, if something goes wrong, do yeah. you then become leverage? Yes, yeah, that's, right, that's yeah. what we worried about. We just thought if we're, you know, in the same way that the UK might do to you know Iranians living over here, I think probably less so. But yeah, there's no go, stability day. Yeah, you might just go, really. oh god, if there's a if uh, if we've done something, you know, we've put some sanctions on. Is it suddenly, you know? And I work in media, so it's like, oh, he's definitely here spying. You know, it's that sort of thing that pops into yeah. your head because when I even when I went to China, although it's very, you know, I'm you know, I'm where the government systems are very different, but in China, I had to sign. Uh, well, I had to get my boss at, uh, and my main employer to give me, you know, sign a letter saying he's not here working. I didn't work. I don't work in journalism. This is a random all. holiday. Yeah, this is when I went to China. Yeah. You still had to get the yeah, letter. Yeah, so I work on like a game, basically oh, a game sake. show, and they were like, "Oh, he's not here making documentaries to try <laughs> oh, right. and overthrow the government." Oh, media, because yeah, in the yeah, because it was right. me. But they said anything with the word media because I rung up right. and I said, "I don't work for you know." I rung up the tour operator, and I said, "I don't work in I don't work in journalism whatsoever." Yeah. 
And they said, don't worry, if you've got the name Vidia, uh, Media, so yeah. if you're selling phones in Virgin Media, right, if you're okay. selling people <laughs> yeah, yeah, mobile yeah, yeah. phones, you still have to get one of these letters because the Chinese government are just going to look at that and say, that says media. Yeah. So you're here maybe spying. Yeah. But I think the di- big difference, as you mentioned, is like the Chinese government wouldn't arrest you usually. I mean, certainly like we were a on a tour group as well. That yeah. was the thing. Oh, um, really? So I think that would be uh, trickier. You'd have to be doing something. I mean, it was when we when we went on the tour. It was interesting. I was surprised how freely the guide spoke. About oh, really? Things. Yeah. Yeah. So it was they. What but, year is this? This was last year. Oh, okay. they talked about that. So they said that we have issues where um, obviously we don't have democracy like you have. You have. Well, you'll get people to vote for but they're all from the same party. It's just you get to pick which one of the right, five okay. people from the party yeah. you vote for. Oh, okay. So he said, we're kind of there, we're getting yeah, there. Right. But a lot of them said, oh, but we're sorting out the economy first and democracy will come after that. Yeah. More like that. And you thought... I only said that to you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thought, but diff- you have different guides going around the country. Yeah. You had your main national guide and then a different guide in the air and you thought, is someone going to take him off the bus? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Do we... we do I this is last day. Yeah, and, and even when we went to Beijing... After lunch, said, where's so-and-so gone? Yeah, it's just like, where's Eddie gone? Oh, uh, Eddie, there was no Eddie. Yeah. Um, but uh, even when we went to Beijing, and they said, um, obviously we're going to Tiananmen Square, you know more about that. You know, you'll been read more about <laughs> that right, than yeah. we're allowed to, but right, yeah. we know about it. said, if, on the bus, if you want to ask me any questions about what happened, I mean, they didn't say what happened, right, but if yeah. you want anything that yeah. happened, uh, ask me. Once we're off the bus and in the square nothing right because oh, there'll okay. be secret police and fbi and they're the equivalent of right. fbi yeah, going around you got that much out of them anyway yeah, it was quite surprising i mean mm. they um they did say that criticism of mao is more acceptable now in the sense that they talk they talk about him having the two sides of being the revolutionary the guy that saved them during the war and then also over because the Kuomintang weren't nice people either or aren't nice people either you know taiwan is a one party country it's still although it has more developed in terms of economically it's more on the face of it like a western country it's still one party it's all i think everyone that's ran it is either is was is related to kiang chai shek i can't say that name right the guy who the military dictator yeah. of taiwan okay. so you know it's, it's the equivalent of i can't think of an example but somebody you know it's it's how the castros have right yeah, yeah, yeah so same idea but you know it's so but they're saying, so he did this, but then he did some very bad decisions later, like the great, you know, the Great Leap Forward and all that was complete disaster and millions died because of his uh, bad decision. So they said it's, it was quite interesting, actually, for us to see yeah, that. Surprise. Yeah. I mean, how does that... People... No, I think like I was, I was, when you were talking, I was thinking about like at some point, all the dictators or like authoritarian regimes they have to let it go. Mm. Like, because people would find their ways. It's yeah. like the the population There's is like water. Them, yeah. it, would, it would find yeah. a way to just adjust them yeah. To, yeah. to their own needs. So um, I don't think like it can last for long. It Like you would see the signs that like this wouldn't work. Yeah. So it's just the terms, uh, like it's just uh, the talking about like how you kind of come to terms with it. So some governments, they try to normalize some of this stuff and then open up. And I think that's what happened with China a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I'm not sure, like with North Korea, it's nev- not, not going to happen soon. With Iran, I don't think it's happening at the moment. It, yeah. sounds, like, it sounds like the opposite of what's happening with Trump, <laughs> like normalizing the bad stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah. It's going down with normalizing all the terrible things he's doing. But I mean, has <laughs> it always been, I mean, I, I looked once at a diagram, it was because <laughs> of explaining of how the 
system works. And I went, no wonder you can't, people can't um, make change. Because you go, who's actually right? Who's steering the ship? Because yeah, you, know? yeah. you looked at it, you're like, so they report to him, who reports to them. That's round in a circle up to the Revolutionary Guard. <laughs> Obviously, you've got the Ayatollah at the very top. And then, yeah, but who's the, who, who, who's in charge? And I just thought it you was. You know what I think, like, it happened? It was like this guy who has started the whole thing. And then, like, he has these friends. And then each of them, and then each of them tried to kind of like create their own power. Yeah. And then like it got to the point right now, you have this one big name there and you have the next generation, children, people who are relying on his Mm. finances and all of that. And then you have the trickle of um, other power to the people who've been through that, you know, their aids throughout these years. Uh, And then there's a fight in there. Yeah. Like it looks like right now, everyone is worried that like what's going to happen in future? Who's going to be the supreme leader? And they don't have a figure for that. So, so there isn't a there isn't a groomed successor. There are some successors that they're talking about, but the the power struggle is much bigger I and see. deeper okay. to say there is a winner right now. Yeah. So um, a lot of talks like a couple of years ago when the um, was it a couple of years ago three years ago. And the former president of Iran died. He was the one of the famous, like, prominent figures of the country. Yeah. And a lot of people were thinking he would choose, because he chose this supreme leader in a way, and then he fell apart from each other. Oh, okay. And then a lot of people are thinking, oh, he's going to choose so the, the next... So the current Ayatollah wasn't chosen by... He was chosen by the... Uh, Council of Experts. That's it, yeah. yeah. Council of Experts. You see? So yeah. complicated. Um, but there's a famous uh, speech that this guy did. So he was the president at the time, um, or he was the head of the... He had a lot of, like, roles and executive mm. roles. I think at the time he was the head of the parliament. Um, he went to the this Council of Experts and said... Aghay um, Khomeini, the, the first supreme leader, he was the, he told me, I told him that there is no one who can do your job. And he told me, why not, Mr. Khomeini? So, and he said that a story in that council. And then after that, Khomeini got the vote hmm. to become the supreme he's been, leader. He's been Ayatollah longer than Khomeini was, isn't he now, I think. Khomeini? He? So the, the first the, as a as a supreme leader, yeah, yeah. he's he's longer than yeah. Khomeini. Khomeini, so like a, less than ten years, but yeah. he's. But then he doesn't. So he doesn't have. There's not someone groomed waiting in the wings. No, I think he was afraid. Like there was so much battle inside that, like he didn't do it throughout years. He did try to bring some people, and all of them, like one way or another, like they deviated from his point of views. So we've been heard a lot of other names throughout years, but they're all out of picture. Right now there is the head of the judiciary system that people are saying, oh, he might become the next supreme leader, um, who was the running in the presidential election last time. Um, and he's conservative. Um, but then the, the house struggle, the house power of, uh, the struggle in the house of power, which we call the, so he has this house, Kind of like a, like an old style of you know the the haram and like you have this kind of they they call it bait, so it's the his house and there like there he has children he has like allies and people like in there that they 
build so the almost empire. like his own little court. Yeah, his own little, little court, court and then like head of this, uh, I don't know, like international relations or head of like running the countries and that, like he has a lot of advisors in that sense. So there's so many players in the game right now. Is there, any, uh, so is there any political opposition or is it just... They're inside the country, not anymore. Nothing. And uh, the two former um, candidates for the presidency who were became the opposition during 2009 are still in house arrest. Oh, right. So they cannot leave their house. <laughs> so when, did, um, when did the BBC World Service come along with you? Um, what were you doing before that, just before they came along? Uh, the journalism for the BBC World. Me? Yeah. Like in general. I was doing... Um, oh, I... The last job I had was like for the mayor's newspaper, like working online because the job before that was for this reformist newspaper and I got like our newspaper got banned. Like we used to have like three or four jobs at the same time because like you would go to a newspaper and, and like the day after they would say, oh, it's banned. <laughs> so you had to move to another place. Yeah. Um, but then when that happened, uh, the last one, when, sh when they banned Sharp, Sharp newspaper, that was the name. Um, I was like, I need to live. I need yeah. a source mm, of mm. money. And then, then the other news agency that I was always working in, which was I was focusing on tourism in there, and always paid me. Um, they they got to financial troubles, and I didn't have any source of income. And I said, okay, I'll go work for this one. And one of my mentors, um, like a teacher at university, the Dr. Younes, he he told me that like, okay, I'll find you a job. I'm running this team. Come work with me. But one of the first thing he told me was like the head of the uh, publication. He was part of those committee that would ban newspapers. Right. So <laughs> he said like he cannot, she cannot use her name in in the articles she publics, she publishes. I worked there like for seven months, I think. But then like after the third month, they allowed me to publish under my own name. So what did you publish as? Was it under a male pseudonym? Was that the issue? No, just was? no name. Okay. Oh. No name. Okay. But then um, I was doing nothing. Like I was reporting, I was making a database on countries around the world. I decided, okay, this is better than like, if I want to do nothing, I better yeah. to do something that <laughs> at least people can use it later. So yeah. like I created this database of the, World countries, the political systems around the world, uh, food, how to make, I don't know, the like a food page. <laughs> oh my God. Well, the things you do for life, yeah, like yeah. <laughs> just earning some living. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so when that happened, and then like I got a call from BBC. So I, wasn't I kind of headhunted because they've seen my, like I did a course on multi journalism before. And they've seen my um, my work as a journalist. And they, when they were recruiting, I couldn't. I I was afraid. I should be honest. I was afraid to apply because um, this the test was in the British Embassy, and so you have to go to through the written test. And I was like, if I go there, I'm not sure what's gonna happen. Like I have a lot in my yeah, yeah. plate. I'm not sure this is the right thing to do. And at the time, I wasn't sure if I want to move out of here. I was like, okay, let's see. And then three months later, they called me and said, if you want a job, there is a there is a, still a space. Um, we can do it like through phone call right, and yeah. not going to the embassy and that sort of stuff. Yeah, so. I mean, I suppose 
it must be it's a risk just to do that. outside you know someone take yeah they knew and who go, yeah. and they actually managed to drag back a couple of people who yeah. got the job and came here right put yeah. pressure on their family and they left yeah of course they, yeah they went be, back to iran yeah and then but you you did get out as it were yes i i got out and, and was that an immediate was there an immediate sort of backlash from the government as it were against you or no at the time i i left on 26th of december 2008 so i landed here that day um for that period there was nothing um i think in april or may they just called my dad and like ask where is your daughter Okay. Is she working with? And how, yeah. how did your parents respond to you leaving? Um, they were happy for me. Okay, yeah. <laughs> because they've seen my life like yeah, throughout yeah. those years, and like they always thought, like, okay, maybe they thought reverse psychology. They were like, we told her not to go yeah. into journalism, so, go. Went, so if we say go, <laughs> go yeah, she, no, she, she might she not go. It's actually true <laughs> yeah. because they, they that was the answer they gave to the to the right. to the guy, oh, and so okay. like she never listens to us whatever yeah. she says but i yeah. suppose they have to say that as well even yeah. if they think that they probably have to say we tried every we we locked her up and but she snuck out yeah because, she doesn't listen to yeah us. because otherwise yeah and it started straight away did it the harassment um that was one phone call oh. so it was like we thought oh okay they just want to know who's yeah, yeah, there yeah, yeah. who's where after like um around a year after then they the call for my family to just because i by that time, I was a st- I started doing um, like more political reports. At the right. beginning, I was like I'm behind the scene most of the time. Oh, the lovely job of writing the tickets and the straps, oh, okay. and the texts on the TV. So that's the where you start yeah, in okay, TV right. in general. Like they send you down into yeah, the gallery yeah, and like yeah, just write those things. Um, and then it took some time to get to where I was. But then by in, in a year, I was. Doing reports, political reports, right, so now, mostly, yeah. and then yeah. And then what happened then? You more the phone calls became more frequent. It wasn't just phone calls; like it was summoning. So oh. at some point, they raided our house. They confiscated books, computers, oh, CDs. Your parents' house. My parents' yeah. house, and then like they had a satellite dish. <laughs> so oh. That was a good reason to yeah. go in and say, "Oh, you have a satellite dish," right. and then they said, "You know, tell your daughter we're gonna give her a job." Right, so, like, okay. it was oh, this gosh. kind of carrot and yeah. steak yeah, kind yeah. of play. And did you go back? No. So, so have you not been, been back, back since? I haven't been back. Like, if I go back, there's so, no guarantee yeah, I can get out. I'm thinking there wasn't a couple of years where you could still go back and you just knew straight away there was problems. I, mine happened, like, within a year, so I didn't have a right, chance. Yeah, but say. some people actually managed to go back within the first two years. I see, okay. So, so your parents were getting harassed. What else happened then? That you you've been they were just trying to get you back in under any means they're giving you a job they're giving you yeah so they tried different tactics yeah, yeah. and then like at some point they were like my brother said they sat with my brother and then he called me and said oh can you come come and like it's, that was like a really weird phone call I had like the weirdest phone call I had with my brother Bishop, because we, we we are like our relationship is different so he wouldn't call. And say, oh, when are, when am I gonna see you next? Shall we go to Armenia and meet each other? I'm like we talk about that before. Like, do you just you tell me that? And then I was like, I don't. I realized there's something wrong, and right, I said yeah. like, oh, I don't have time. I'm really busy right now and stuff. And then later he called. And they were sitting next to me and like pushing me to yeah. call you and say because they want to get like so that the message they wanted him to send me was like come to a third country. 
not any country. There were like a specific countries that they could yeah, yeah, feel yeah, safe yeah. in it. And let's we will come as well and talk to her. <laughs> he was like, what? Yeah. And then my brother said, like, there's an embassy. Not you have an embassy in London. Send yeah, them over. Yeah. Um, then the other thing was like they suspend him from university for because he's teaching at university. So they suspend him the best siege in university this time. Uh, they suspend him for a for a semester Under from what teaching. That was really blunt. His sister is working for the enemy of the state. So he's like, yeah, because the Besiege would would was able to come and say, oh, we don't want these like anti-revolutionaries, you know. But my brother is like a wrestling hero in Iran as well. Like, so he's famous, and then like had to he has his own relations, and that's how Iran works. So I don't think anything BBC did worked, but helps yeah. but it was just his own initiative so have your parents come over here oh yes oh, finally right. after nine years last year they managed to come because their visa just got like yeah and it's still it this is happening like this is a serious problem that i haven't seen like for, to see my family yeah. i had to go to turkey because my brother's visa got uh, rejected my sister's rejected from visa the, got from the uk from the uk and this is like a normal thing that happens to us um, because uh, the border agency says, oh, it had nothing to, like, we don't know what's happening. And then, like, it's not our responsibility to grant visa to your families. So. But, sorry, so, but it is the UK that's saying no, denying yeah. them entry. Oh, yeah. so it's not the, the Iranian. Oh, no, 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 not the Iranians, the UK. So they they can it's really difficult to get visa for Iranians oh, right. to come okay. to UK. Oh, I thought it was, okay. And there's no... In, there's no cushions for us to say, okay, we are not allowed to go back because we are working for BBC. And if there's any way you can, you know, make this easier for them to come over and see us. That's surprising. So how, come, no. how did you get the parents over? Something changed recently in the laws or? No, we, we managed to just got a paid a lot for a lawyer and then like go back and forth yeah. and finally got them a visa. And how long did they stay for? One month. Just a month. So they go back. I mean, so what's the situation now then? Can you can they come back now if they wanted to? No, their visa expired, but because it was six it, months. Um, six months visitor visa. But, the, but there's not going to be a problem now if they decided to come back or you have to go through the whole thing again. No, we have to go to, to oh, the whole the thing again. That's why we, we decided to usually be, it's easier to visit each other in yeah. Turkey because the cost is much less. And the, yeah. for and for a while, like, there was no embassy. If I, I don't know if you remember, like, the Iranians, they invaded the embassy in yeah. Tehran. So there was no embassy to actually do the <laughs> visa procession. Um, so, yeah. So now there's a lot of problems with women journalists, specifically. Oh, yes. So, what, I mean, have they given up on journalism, you know, specifically women that they don't like? <laughs> the thing is, like, um, I think the Iranian government, I have, I'm saying this, I'm going to get sacked from BBC, <laughs> but it's all right, yeah. because I believe in it, I truly believe in it, that the Iranian government is afraid of women. Yeah. It's like anything related to women empowering, it scares them so much yeah. that they go through a lot to yeah. make sure that doesn't happen. Like, look at the what's happening right now in, in, in Iran. Like, they are arresting women who are not wearing hijab. And then they say, 
like it became this fundamental turning yeah. point for the whole government that everyone is saying if you allow them to not wear if it's not mandatory is it your government going to collapse and the answer is yes for them for that them, means yeah. like yeah. the collapse of everything yeah. they built yeah. the two dimension to the islamic republic that they've been putting in children's mind from the day one right. one is we are an enemy of the israel and then and israel is an enemy of us um and then the second one is women's right women's hijab mandatory hijab is the second pillar of that government and it feels like there's been a lot of change in terms of like how women dress and what is normal in in the society and what is not but the government doesn't want to make it public because as soon as it becomes public one of its pillars is yes, coming down yeah So I, I suppose it would be admitting fallibility. Yes, yeah, so it's attached to this. everything. If one goes, yeah. then the whole thing could If come you're down. wrong about one, you we know. have to be absolutely right and nothing yeah. else. We keep having to say that the, the sky so is green. Was it Iran a few years ago, women can drive now? Was no, that that's different? No, we Arabia. always Saudi Arabia, drive. That was yeah, that was right. Saudi Arabia. Because okay. Iran is not as strict as Saudi Arabia. Is no, we have, like, oh, um, in general, Iranian women are much, like, more educated than men yeah they usually do science stem fields because they know there is nothing that can prevent them in stem from getting a job mm. so if you study humanities or like something different there's always a possibility that that a man because the government intentionally put this uh, criterias in like so now even for the women and for the concours which is like a university exam um There's like criteria that certain universities get more men, just making sure the men have the upper hand in the society. Yeah. <laughs> so women found their ways and it's a really forward thinking society for women in terms of how they manage their lives. But you can but because there's a government who's pushing down and oppressing yeah. women, there's this battle ongoing and a lot of energy is going wasted there instead yeah. of yeah. these women becoming creative and creating a lot of things. Yeah. That can help the society. Actually, is, uh, is it is it uh, are the the people winning slowly? Like, is it are they pushing? Is it going to happen in a couple of generations? I was so optimistic I when of, I was in yeah, Iran. I'm just trying to think of good news to end. Yeah, like, I was think... super optimistic when I was in Iran. Like, in a sense that I would look back at eighty. 80s in Iran, and I'm thinking, okay, like from painting the hand. Yeah. Now we got to where we can listen to music or like thinking, yes. you know, it's changing it's small, slowly. It's, yeah, yeah. But then what I see from outside, like 10 years of being away from it, um, I see the roller coaster. It's oh, not right, always yeah, yeah. up or always yeah, you down. You would think when the generation goes and new people for new mindsets that think, take over. Are they looking at... Um, you know, what's happened elsewhere in the region, but also globally and going, right, so, yeah. let's get ahead It's of this. Willing let's battle. clamp this down yeah. now. Let's, you know. The problem is like, there's so many other aspects to it. So none of the, no problem, none of these issues is a simple issue. It's yeah, all complex course, yeah. issues. So it's not related to only the government right, in yeah. a sense of political yeah. stand. It's, It's related to everything. For example, environmental issues. Now it's massive in Iran. So, like, if you have a water shortage, you're you're gonna have have to put in place some sort of criteria. 
And who can guarantee in a corrupt system that criteria is the right criteria? Mm-hmm. There is no water, ma- like in, t- in general, water management in Iran. And that's why it led, what it, what it led to this kind of uh, chaotic position we have. Right now, there are 11 activists, environmental activists in jail because they're uh, counted as spies. <laughs> One of them got beaten and dead, got oh, dead no. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the prison, in Kabu said, Emami. So it's this. But why are they battling them? Why are they an enemy of the state? The the government say they were a spy, they were a spies for Israel. But for not wh- the government. One fraction of the government says that. The other fraction says no. He wasn't a spy. He was working with us. But why? So that seems do, like they're the pawns of. And then the other, the eleven, the other people is like they just working with him, like yeah. they were in the same company. Okay, but why do they not like the environmentalists? Like, is it because it messes with big business or something? So imagine a society, like imagine a group of friends. They're really close to each other, yeah. and they achieve something, and they get in charge of this company. And then after a years, like there are new generation coming in, new people with new ideas. But these people are really hang up hang out with each other in this circle and they believe in like certain things should be done in certain ways. This outside world is changing. They don't change. Anything you say to them that points out their incompetency, their mismanagement, everything like that. It's not about the thing. It could be absolutely anything. It just is messing with somebody's personality. Right. So if someone said, oh, the bins aren't collected regularly. Yeah, and I say, it can fun. become like yeah. a big because issue. Your you you enemy of the state, yeah. your family being jailed <laughs> yeah. because of that. So I mean, how do you how do you sort of operate day to day in terms of because you've got this sort of sword of Damocles hanging over you, where it's you know you can't go home. Could something happen? You know, could a phone call come? Could it be? How do you you know? Is there a thing of um, is there you know, do you have like safe words on this? And again, I don't want to go give all your secrets. <laughs> but is it like, you know, is that how you have to operate? Or can you, are you able to operate in this country at least quite freely? Or is In this country, I operate quite fr- freely. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge is the mental health part yeah, of it. Of yeah. So it doesn't matter um, like how free you are here. There's this, you know, democracy yeah, yeah. hanging out. Uh, kind of like guilt, yeah. I put my parents in that yeah, position, yeah. I I brought it down for them. But you learn, like you adopt, because I didn't sign up for a war. I, I signed up for like a, a little of battle. I had that personality, but it wasn't, it, this is a full war yeah. because they have the money, there's like trolling online, there's like calling, getting calls and like from every prison there's like really weird stuff happening and making like mocking my face on videos and photoshopping <laughs> like really weird stuff <laughs> like, they're, they're, so they're sexual <laughs> fantasies like yeah that's you can usually see the go-to there. like yeah. they, they, they make up stories like sexual stories anyway um because i was i was curious i was looking at your twitter feed and i thought i wonder how trolled you are you know because journalists you know even our journalists here are yeah, trolled yeah. By people, yeah even if there's nothing yeah, yeah for whatever yeah. and then i was like I can't read. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I tried to tweet the only version. <laughs> yeah, no, I was thought, so. I was looking. I was even looking at replies, and I thought, yeah, I don't know. They could be saying, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna lie to myself and saying they're all just saying lovely things." Yeah. I'm sure that's the case. <laughs> no, no, there's a lot of trolling, and it's yeah, like a true. different kind of trolling. So you have like the governmental, you have oppositions, mm. you have 
crazy people. Have you got any plans like long term then? What is there any things you want to set up or is there any committees that you want to be part of? Is there Oh a lot. Yeah. A lot of things I want to do in life. But right now I'm I'm breaking from BBC. Not for these reasons. It's just like um, I've been in BBC for 10 years. Now I want to change in a new way. Um, So there are a couple of options. One is like I'm starting, hopefully, not long term, my own communication company and like thinking about how to represent women. Because one of the things that is really close to my heart is women's rights. You can guess. Um, one is that. One is like I've been talking to my friend Kaya about like having a podcast about. Um, ah, see, all the coolest people have podcasts. Yeah, you ears. see, yeah. free speech, yeah. man. So, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> talking about like our life in yeah, general. Yeah. Like one of the things that we came across is like we as a woman, professional woman, we don't have shared experience. Like exists somewhere that we can tap into and say okay, this is how you overcome this like colleague who doesn't, who says in your face, women and men are not equal. You know, that sort of little things you that have, you Sorry, you have colleagues that say that women... In general, like in Iran, that's a normal thing. All, but literally someone yeah. says... In Iran, it's like... <laughs> oh, I see. In, oh, in Iran, Iran. Or, back or here? Oh, it happens everywhere around oh the world. <laughs> yeah. It happens everywhere around the I world. I mean, the longer you talk to a woman, you just, and you hear their experiences, you go, wow, men really are, we you really forget. are just garbage. <laughs> no, just, no come on. There's some little, no. Yeah, every, well. No, but, um, and then, but my dream, dream thing is like, I need to make money for it because I need it to be completely independent and mm. from any funding. Yeah, so I need to become a businesswoman and yeah. become a really, really yeah. wealthy to have this conference to bring together the Iranians from outside and let them just talk to each other. Like the, one of the problems Iran has is like we as a society, as a population, we don't have a vision of the future, how it looks like. Right, Sorry. Yeah. I'm going to say that again, or it's going to make any difference. So the Iranian in general, as a public, we don't, we don't have a dream about Iran. We don't know what, what it should look like as a society, as a kind of like common sense. We know what we don't want. Yeah. And you always talk about that. You yeah. always talk about the issues, but we never had this for, um, opportunity what, what to imagine what can be done, like what it could look like yeah. if we all work together. We never have that. And all of the oppositions outside are coming in and they all like say, oh, this is wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. But nobody talks about how they're going to change yeah. it. I think, yeah, because I mean, uh, obviously it's very different, you know, you know, you don't want to blanket everything. But when you look to the Arab Spring and you look to what happened, um, often you've then, often it seemed like the reason most of them, with the exception of sort of Tunisia, but not really, is that it, there was no, it's, let's just get rid of the old yeah. and we have nothing new. <laughs> and so then it becomes, oh, well, we'll just have this provisional government of, uh, of general whoever, <laughs> Military, yeah. and then he'll get overthrown next week and yeah. it's the provisional government of, you think, and then yeah. it becomes the democratic republic of, which always means the fascist yeah, dictatorship yeah, yeah. of, you know, there's never, you always think you've got to have your, what's your, what's next? That's yeah. the problem. Yeah, so it'd it. just be about giving people a voice to decide where do we go from here now that we know where we are, what do we do now? Yeah. So like I want to bring in like experts on different fields. For example, yeah. people who are working in tech and, and Iranians in Silicon Valley, there's so many of them. Bringing them together and say, okay, what would 
be your telecommunication look like in 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 your ideal Iran? How yeah. it should like operate? Who should have the like? How much regulation you want in there? Like, so just allow these ideas to be out there, and maybe at some point, as a as a society, we can come together and decide on that. Yeah, but not having the knowledge about. What is out there? What yeah. are our options? Is the biggest challenge we are Especially facing when as a everybody's nation. very separated. You've everyone has yeah. to get together because that's where the will comes from. Oh, there's other people that I thought that, and but mm. I didn't know other than that's how it all happens. Exactly. Yes, yeah, so I, I said to you before something stuck with me. There was um, it was talking about um, I can't. It's in a book or something, and it was about two guys, and it was a story about two um, um, high-powered politicians in the agora in Greece, and one says to the other one that the market he says. Uh, I was talking to one of these slaves the other day, but I didn't know he's a slave. He was wearing the robes just like us, and he was annoyed. He said they shouldn't be allowed to have enough money to buy robes because they we want to look like us, and they should look like them. And he said they should, we we should make them wear a band or something so we know who they are. And the other guy said to him, "No, brother." He said, "No," he said, because then they'll know how many of them there are and how few of us there are. And I thought that's what stayed with me for life. My, my, the vast majority of people. A fairly normal, balanced mind, but it's those tiny ones. And if you just could sort of visualize it, you'd go, what are we doing? Yeah. Let's just go and take over. Um, yeah. I'm not saying let's go for the revolution yeah, oh God, again. He does this every week. It would be so easy. He calls it's, for... But it's because of things like that. You go, do you, like I, I said to somebody um, in a hotel recently, oh, Marta, who was just here. And she was saying, like, how did you put the thing together in the magazine, all these people? And I said, because I didn't grow up thinking there was any hierarchy because mm. I had nothing. Like I lived on the streets. So I didn't know. I didn't learn it. You learn that. It's not given to you. And I said, right, so would you go and ask somebody that's sitting over here and like next to us in the hotel or something? And you go, well, not really. You go, but they're you. Mm. So imagine somebody was saying it backward. You'd go, what are you talking about? Of course I'd ask them something. And when you realize, like how I put the magazine together with everything, was because I thought there's just weird people in different industries. There's, there's no rules. So everyone's you. So just go and speak to people. But I think that's when you get the will of when you do it. And then there's two people, then there's four people. And then eventually there's so many people go, do you remember a time when we were sort of all like, we didn't know we could do this. And it's so normal, but it takes that getting people together so they can see the other human beings that have also made the effort to go, oh, I'm like you here. I'm, and then the ideas sprout out of nowhere that you can't plan for. They come out of somewhere from people being there. So I'm all for that sort of thing. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the current regime were the outsiders. They were the rebels. They were the exiles. Exactly. Oh, really? yeah. Exactly. They were like during the Shah's uh, reign, he, like they had some oppositions. And, but the thing was like, it was a lot of other people involved and it all comes down to look at the power play in different contexts and how, like, back then they were playing, uh, like, the minority game and they were against this massive power. And then it flipped. And then how they forgot their own positions back <laughs> then and then, like, became the dictators. Yeah. Well, that's the story, everyone. I mean, you only got to look at the Trump, when they, some of the stuff they film of their... Back in the eighties, of people giving speeches about yeah. <laughs> there's um, there's a wonderful. Well, we've got to finish up. So okay, go say what we're going to say in a film uh, in the film Cromwell. It's highly dramatized, but there's a bit where Cromwell gets fed up with the Parliament, and he just says, "You've all wasted time. You've all done this. You've all done that." Out, yeah. he, he kicks out the Parliament, and as Thomas Fairfax, who was his best friend during the war, walks past him, he says, "I seem to recall we cut off a king's head for an act such as this," and then he leaves him. <laughs> That's how it well, is. People always forget. 
Well, oh. change is always exactly messy. Yeah. Yeah. It just takes. I remember there's in the um, oh, what's the uh, the Spanish religion and Brazilian crosses with the Brazilian um, Santeria. There's um, oh, I'm getting their names now. I think it's Chungo. There's some god. There's various gods like the Greek myths, and um, one of them says, uh, "What? Uh, why is it you wherever you go? Like he's a god of change and things like." That. He said, "Wherever you go, there's problems." He said, "You're supposed to come in and make things okay," and he said, uh, "But within war, there's peace. I mean, within war, there's change." And you go, "Yeah, you know, change. It's not." easy but somebody's no. got to go out there and go look let's go it doesn't happen automatically so within war there's change but so, uh, within change there's war what did i say i don't know okay we got the well, I hope yeah. No. yeah yeah but basically you, you've you, you've got to doesn't change to stuff literal. you've got to do to stuff war. it's got to be messy it's not going to be yeah. easy yeah. but every now and again it takes somebody to go okay i'll bloody well do it yeah. and that means even with like the business you've got to go out and get people together they won't do it automatically so i'm all for that I like that sort of act. So is there something we can point people towards for you in terms of like a blog or a site or your Twitter? Uh, please um, don't troll. <laughs> yeah, they can follow my LinkedIn and yeah. my like, LinkedIn is going to become more um, English friendly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's because I know, because I looked, I thought, oh, I've got nothing here. I can't yeah, see. sorry. Um, because it's like, I'm not a social media person yeah, in general. It's hard, I, even I mean, though I'm like used to it. encouraging other people <laughs> to do marketing on social media, I'm like lazy. Yeah. Um, but so in between all of these, I decided, okay, I only have like Twitter, which is I'm active somehow i have instagram facebook all of these accounts but i don't use them much yeah. and linkedin is the platform that i post in english i think yeah. i posted yeah. one yeah <laughs> sorry yeah. No. yeah i think you guys gonna do that job for me okay. yeah we'll put something oh, on there don't yeah. worry about that yeah um but you can get Engl the trans google translator so i would say whatever you post oh just my put god it in don't, there don't do that don't do that Mind it's you, like can't trust so it. much yeah um Listen, well, thank you very much for coming on the podcast. I thank really you. appreciate it. It's been really great. And uh, I'm all for the, the revolutionary acts. I like me meeting people like her, like from a youth. Like, don't push at me because I'll just push back. And it's irrelevant. Like, the good, good and evil. I love the good and evil battle. Because uh, that's what it is. And you've got to remember, there's people went before you. This is why I used to get animated about things. People fought for your rights to not go up chimneys or be pushed into fire engines to clean them out. Red hot, fire, red hot train engines. So, but you don't know their names, but you have to understand the fact you can do what you do is because other people who don't know their names lived mm. and died, and you're just one of them people. So you've got to do it. So when I was to put the magazine together, I used to say to people, bloody well do something decent because so, people did it for you. You just don't know their names. So, um, yeah, so I like mm. all that sort of story. So uh, thank you very much for coming on the show and uh, really appreciate it. And yeah, we'll, it was see, a lovely uh, we'll talk. have you back one day yeah. to talk about the revolution continues. Yeah, yes. Give us an update. Yeah. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye-bye. Cheers, everyone. Bye-bye.
Tonight, I think I'll be a superstar. 